successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I am your host, Jason Grill. Appreciate you joining today on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at our website, GrillNationShow.com. Uh, we're going to have a great show today. We are remote, of course, uh, in our home studio. Uh, we have, uh, we're going to have five or six uh, people on the line today. It's going to be an awesome show. Uh, I want to thank one of our uh, contributors to the Grill Nation show who will be joining us today. That's Landmark National Bank. Uh, Jeff Phillips is the senior vice president uh, at the bank. Their website is banklandmark.com, a growing bank in our area. Um, Jeff is a uh, is a great guy, and he is joining us now. We're going to talk a little about the bank and some of the issues going on right now with the CARES Act and COVID nineteen. Uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna preview our show today. We're gonna have on three awesome guests uh, after we talk to Jeff here. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, man. It's good to see you again. Good to see you too. Um, we are seeing each other through a Zoom right now, so there is some uh, connection here. That's not just on the phone since we can't be in the studio, but. Uh, Jeff, I, I know you're dealing with a lot of things right now. People have a lot of questions about uh, what's going on with this CARES Act. And, and I know there's a couple issues we wanted to talk about. Uh, one is the Paycheck Protection Program loans. What is that? Uh, I received an email this morning from you from your bank about it. Tell us more about that and how you're helping people. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, it really is. There's a... It, it's amazing the amount of information that is uh, circling around and... Uh, you know, the good thing about business owners is they are readers. So they are reading everything that they can get on all the different programs that are available. Unfortunately, there's uh, not really one central place that has the same information. So we're all kind of dealing with different information. But really, the way that I kind of look at the programs that are available today is, uh, and we, and by the way, a little shameless plug, we have a page on our website uh, at banklandmark.com where there is a, underneath the business section, there is a resources page where we are trying to list all the uh, programs that are available to businesses that deal specifically with cash flow. We're not trying to be the all in, um, you know, everything dealing with COVID type resource, but just the ones that deal with cash flow. Mm-hmm. But if I think about it, I think there's kind of like three main buckets right now. There's working with your uh, local bank, which I hope everyone has, um, visiting with their banker as, okay, here's my current relationship with you. What can we do to change that? Can we uh, defer some uh, monthly payments? Can we add an additional line of credit? What could we do to help me navigate this time? There's also uh, the SBA rolled out a couple of weeks ago a program that they are managing directly called the SBA Disaster Relief Fund. And you actually go online and apply directly with the SBA. You give them the, your information and they uh, will provide, uh, if approved, they will provide a low cost loan um, 
to you that can be stretched out over a very long time and is very uh, low interest rate. Uh, but that is a loan. The CARES Act that you mentioned is kind of that third bucket and was just recently passed. And the SBA is managing that as well, but they're managing that through your local bank. So the banker, like myself, will actually be the one doing the loan. And then on the back end, we'll deal with the SBA. But the way that that is actually structured is it is a function of your payroll. So it's two and a half times your average monthly payroll. You can receive in a loan, but at the end of eight weeks, if you can show that you spent that money on payroll, rent, utilities, things like that, that loan is actually forgiven. So in essence, it is a stimulus where the SBA is uh, pushing funds into the economy for businesses to help support them to pay their payroll and some of those expenses over a two-month period. And uh, how that turns from a loan into a, a grant all those details are still being hammered out by the SBA, but mm -hmm. uh, the calls of people uh, wanting to find out more about that and figuring out what they need to do to be prepared to apply for that has been unbelievable. Yeah, I can't imagine. And uh, you mentioned uh, these resources are available. Just the financial resources at banklandmark.com, um, right on the front of your website, you can click right there on uh, talking about assistance around the coronavirus uh, as far as the financial aspects and cash flow. So check that out. Jeff's a great resource. Jeff, uh, on today's show, we are going to have on the co-founder, uh, partner, and COO of Brush Creek Partners. We're going to have on Travis Holt, Stephen Bowen, and Nathan Kurtz on the show. I know you've worked with them um, throughout the years. Tell us a little bit about them because uh, you know I've, I've seen them in the media. I've, I've met them on a, a couple occasions back in the day, uh, and it sounds to me like they're really growing here in Kansas City and throughout the country. Yeah, they're fun guys to know, and I think everybody will enjoy hearing from them. I think they have some insights uh, on how to grow a business that will be uh, very helpful. Um, you know, one of the, some of the things I'm hoping that we'll cover today will be um, kind of how they decided to scale and maybe how other business owners might uh, uh, glean some wisdom from that because they did it kind of in a measured pace. Um, also, maybe talking about uh, capital raise, you know, there's uh, oftentimes businesses run into um, just a lack of capital to either take advantage of opportunities that are out there or really whenever it comes to cash flow, um, you know, that can end up being one of those things that becomes a real hindrance to growth. Um, and also just talking about bringing on professional uh, management to help uh, shore up those areas that maybe you're not gifted in as a founder. So kind of moving beyond the founder uh, and then also uh, bringing in external um, guidance, you know, in the form of a board or mentorship. They have done all those things in their short uh, life cycle as a business so far. And I think they've really executed on those well. Mm -hmm. Again, their website is brushkc.com. <clears throat> we'll get into all those issues, and then I'm, I'm assuming they're going to give us some really good advice on their industry as well uh, around COVID-19 and around um, how they've adapted and how they're kind of their 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 worlds adapting as far as their insurance and cyber world and technology and risk assessment. Yeah, I think their phone, I would guess, is probably ringing as much as my phone these days. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it's so funny, not funny, but there's so many people that industries right now are just, their phones are ringing off the hook. But then you see so many people that are 
have nothing to do right now because unfortunately their their vertical or their sector or their their uh, job is just uh, it involves people it involves on location it involves doing things that are interacting with human beings in in real life and so um, it's kind of crazy how both sides are so different right now yeah I, I would say you know one thing that I've been encouraged by is that. Uh, for the most part, the business owners that we work with have this uh, great long-term perspective about how things are going to come back if they've seen a decline, but they are not afraid to make uh, decisive um, actions now to whether that impacts, um, you know, overhead cost or how they're going to manage their workforce. They're making those decisions now, but they're very optimistic about where we're all headed as a as an economy. Well, that's positive to report. That's good news. Jeff Phillips from Landmark National Bank. The website is banklandmark.com. Great company and great guy here in Kansas City. He's joining us for the show today. Uh, we're going to come back after the break with the the gentleman from Brush Creek Partners. Their website is brushkc.com. That's brushkc.com. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you're staying safe and doing well. We'll be right back. The club isn't the best place to find the lovers, so the bar is where I go. Me and my friends. Hello, welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM or on iTunes via podcast or on our website, grillnationshow.com. I greatly appreciate Landmark National Bank and Jeff Phillips for their contributing to the show today. They're doing a great job. It's uh, great to have Jeff Phillips back who is the Senior Vice President at Landmark National Bank. Their website is banklandmark.com. And uh, Jeff, I want to turn it over to you to introduce our, our guest today. I've met a few of these guys over the years, um, and really exciting to have them on the show to hear about their entrepreneurial success in, in Kansas City. Um, they got a great background, and they got a great company. We're going to be talking to Brush Creek Partners uh, Travis Holt, Nathan Kurtz, and Stephen Bowen are on the line today. We are taping this show via Zoom from our homes and offices and all over the place. So um, please bear with us if there's any technical issues. But I want to welcome in uh, Jeff Phillips again to introduce our guest today. Jeff, take it away. Well, thanks for having us. Uh, I'm excited for the listeners today to hear from these guys and uh, maybe uh, glean a little bit of wisdom because they've uh, – been like a lot of businesses that you hear about that have faced uh, decision points and they've made a choice and then gone down that road to see where it leads. So um, today we're going to be visiting with uh, Travis uh, Holt. And Travis and I met actually through a mutual uh, banker uh, that's here at Landmark, uh, Charlie Benson, and got to know each other through him. Stephen and I actually ran uh, into each other at all sorts of uh, networking events. I think Stephen may be one of the most networked guys in Kansas City. Um, and so we would constantly run into each other at those type of things. And then uh, Nathan and I got to know each other whenever he's been in a couple of different uh, capacities with companies or like at the Kaufman. So um, uh, all guys that bring valuable industry experience, life experience, business experience that I think will be fun to talk about. 
Yeah, and uh, Travis Holt, let's start with you first. Uh, you were one of the uh, co-founders of the uh, Brush Creek Partners. Um, tell us about your background a little bit and uh, how you got started in the company. Yeah, so thanks for having us on today, and uh, we'll try to we'll try to make this work virtually. But uh, I started two tech companies out of college. The first one was successful, and the second one was wildly unsuccessful. And as typical entrepreneurs, I learned much more from the one that was unsuccessful. Uh, and in 2008, my father suggested that I get a real job. So I went to work for a large national insurance agency. I uh, didn't know what I wanted to do. Early on, realized that I didn't really like insurance, but I loved technology. And so I started working on uh, cyber liability and cybersecurity insurance back in 2008. Spent three years at a large uh, national firm and then started Brush Creek Partners to meet the needs of rapidly growing emerging technology companies and, and cyber risk and uh, build the business on a technology platform that could scale. Um, and it just grew from there. Mm -hmm. And uh, Stephen, when did you come along for the ride? Uh, so I joined kind of uh, at the end of 2012, to early 2013. Uh, prior to that, I had gotten a law degree uh, at UMKC. I noticed that you're you're a, you're an attorney as well, recovering attorney that, or or whatnot. That that's right, that's right. Um, and uh, you know, I, I enjoyed law school, but I didn't think that uh, I would have made a great attorney. Um, so I chose something that I would be just a little bit better at, and I wanted always wanted to get into sales. Um, it was my favorite part uh, of law that I was doing was bringing in new clients and new opportunities. Um, so I, my dad introduced me to, well, didn't introduce me to, but led me to two of his friends, uh, Bill Shifton and Gary Rimley. And I went and worked for them for six years. Great people. Um, it's still a thriving agency. Um, but I talked to Travis and the entrepreneur in me wanted to kind of go off on my own along with him kind of start our own deal and um, do what kind of my mentors at Schiffman Rimley had done, which is leave their agency and go off on their own. And the rest is history. Mm -hmm. um, and Nathan, you were with Coffin Foundation when I met you on uh, doing a lot of things with entrepreneurship and, and advancing entrepreneurship in Kansas City and throughout the country. Um, and, and how did this all happen for you? Because I know um, you've also had kind of an entrepreneurial path yeah, um, this is my second time on the show. I was on six years ago, Jason. Were you? Uh, oh, my God. Can you believe it? Yeah, I'm getting uh, so, old, man. I can't believe that. <laughs> that was when I first joined the Coffin Foundation. Um, you know, I, I think where I see my pathway, if I could sum it up, it's I, I have a history of coming alongside visionary founders, whether at the Roastery, whether with Diana Kander and some legal tech deals, um, whether Brush Creek, come alongside a visionary founder and helping them execute. Uh, one of the things I loved about my five years at the Coffin Foundation was getting to work in programs that could scale, either locally, regionally, or nationally, to help founders start and grow their businesses. And uh, I met Travis really before we started Brush Creek back in 2010. He asked to take a look at uh, our, uh, our insurance for us. And we're like, sure, here you go. And he's like, look, you're paying way too much. Cut this, this, and this. Basically stuff we were overpaying for and add this component over here, basically cyber and technology coverage. He's like, if you do that, you'll be great. I'm like, hey, if we switch this to you, 
uh, does that mean you just cut your commission? And he's like, yeah. And I asked, why would you do that? And he's like, look, I want to see you guys be successful. I'm not trying to get rich quick. I want to be there to help you guys grow and be there as a supporter. And, you know, very similar to Jeff uh, with his banking experience as well, coming alongside and helping these folks over time do tremendous work and be there as a, as really a servant partner and a servant leader to help someone grow their business. So at that point, back in 2010, I said, Hey, Travis, we should be friends. And so we became friends. And as uh, Brush Creek took off and has grown, saw the opportunity to, Hey, how else could I use my skills, my experience to help lots of different founders grow their business? You know, companies need insurance. What if they had access to better insurance and better, better opportunities with that? I'd love to help scale that. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk about Brush Creek Partners. Who wants to tell us a little bit about the company and, and what you guys do and, and some of your services you offer? Yeah, I can, I can chime in there. Uh, so we have two different distinct groups at Brush Creek Partners. We have a middle market uh, full service insurance group that does personal lines, benefits, and commercial insurance for uh, middle market businesses across the region. And then we have a technology venture capital and private equity group that does uh, all sorts of risk management uh, and consulting around all lines of insurance for rapidly growing emerging technology companies and private equity venture capital firms all across the country. Um, and in that group, we work with founders that have an idea, that have no product, uh, that are just launching their company. Um, all the way up to just just handling cyber risk for multi-billion dollar international corporations. Wow. Um, and how did you guys get really get into that niche? That's kind of that's kind of exciting. Into the cyber niche? Yeah. It was it was what I knew from uh, my first two ventures out of college, and I saw it as an emerging risk. I I kind of thought about Facebook. Uh, back in 2008, and this was before Instagram or Twitter or a lot of the social networks that, uh, that we know about today, but I thought about a real estate developer who bought insurance for his building and had a bunch of equity value in his building, and if his building burned down, he had insurance to restore the equity value that he had built in that building, but if Facebook had a big data breach and the valuation of the company got significantly impacted, there weren't any insurance products that would help them restore that equity value that they had built. That it was a similar incident. It was a, a sudden incident that was completely out of their control, just like a fire burning down a building. So I started the search back in 2008 to figure out how to help uh, technology companies and non-technology companies insure against the technology risk and found that uh, most of the time we were really just figuring out how to protect recurring revenue. And so there are insurance products and then there are also risk management techniques that you can implement to help uh, ensure recurring revenue, whether that's for a physician's office or a financial institution or more so today than it was when I started. You know, a lot of manufacturing companies now rely heavily on technology and construction companies rely heavily on technology and you know, real estate companies, apartment, apartment folks. There's a great uh, company in Kansas City that Blake Miller runs called Homebase that I don't know. I think he's probably been on your show, but um, they're, they're Wait, we've had him on before he started Homebase, but now I need to have him on again. 
he's barking at my door yeah. to come back on. So maybe I should call him now. That's good. You know, so they're implementing a ton of technology in, in multifamily uh, complexes. And as such, then the, the multifamily developer relies on technology to, to generate rent and provide service to the tenants. So, um, so the use of technology across all businesses has grown as such cyber risk has grown. Um, so I wouldn't say that, uh, that we went into it knowing it was going to be as big as it was now. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time in the early 2010s uh, banging down doors of people who didn't want to have a conversation. And in, you know, 16, 17, 18, our phone started ringing off the hook. And it was a classic, hey, I know you told me about this five years ago, and I didn't really care, but now it's time that I need to care. Um, so we've been, we've been fortunate enough with some of the developments that it's created opportunities for us. Well said. We got about 30 seconds left, so we're going to go to break here. Um, we're talking with um, Jeff Phillips from Landmark National Bank, Travis Holt, uh, and Nathan Kurtz, and Stephen Bowen from um, the great company Brush Creek Partners. Their website is brushkc.com. After the break, Jeff's going to lead us off. Uh, we got a lot more topics to talk about and how you guys have changed and grown over the years and uh, how you're dealing with today's economic realities and helping people throughout the United States with everything going on right now with COVID-19. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM. Thanks for listening today. We'll be right back. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. I'm your host, Jason Grill. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill or on social media. Just search for my name. Um, great to be back today. I want to thank uh, Landmark National Bank and Jeff Phillips, who is their senior vice president. Uh, you can check them out at uh, Landmark, excuse me, banklandmark.com. Jeff's a, a contributor to the show and has, has been on multiple times throughout the years. And he always... Uh, connects us to great guests. Today's no exception. We have Brush Creek Partners. Their website is brushkc.com. Uh, we have, uh, again, we have the co-founder of the company, Travis Holt, uh, Nathan Kurtz, who's the chief uh, operating officer of the company, and Stephen Bowen, who is the uh, is a partner and principal at Brush Creek Partners. Um, Jeff, again, now talk to us again about how you got involved with the bank. Uh, I know there's been different uh, times of growth for this company, uh, and I uh, want to hear more about that and kind of how you interact with these guys. Yeah, we've uh, we've really enjoyed our relationship with these guys, um, and it's it's been fun uh, to not only um, watch them grow as uh, businessmen, but it's been uh, fun to kind of brag on them that you played a small part in it too. Uh, I think. I think when I think about Brush Creek, I think that they are a great example of properly navigating how to scale a business. So when you first uh, meet them, um, you know, they were in the basement of a medical office building down off the plaza. And they did a really good job of deciding how to not start too quick. So they were able to add um uh, administrative folks or salesmen at appropriate time. Um, you know, they uh, didn't expect as owners to be taking huge compensation out of the company. 
They really plowed all that money back into the company for it to grow. And then they started adding these business lines, uh, a lot like Travis was saying kind of in that first segment about as uh, opportunities became available to customers or clients they were already working with or as they kind of checked out the landscape, uh, they saw where opportunities lie and they started heading in that direction. And then they, as they continue to grow, they move into a new office. Um, they also, I think with, uh, you know, bringing on somebody like Nathan, uh, they, they quickly figure out, okay, here's what I am gifted at and here's what we need in the company. Let's bring on a professional executive who can do those things that we need to go to the next level. And then also kind of in the realm of deciding how much capital to use themselves from themselves or from friends and family and actually going through a formal capital raise process. So if you look at all those steps along the way, I think they have a ton of experience that they could share, share with other entrepreneurs about how to properly navigate all those different uh, uh, turns in growing a business. Mm-hmm. Well said. Um what, talk to us about kind of the separation of the two groups that you have. You have a division of Brush Creek Partners, which is involved with tech, and then you have the, the original uh, Brush Creek Partners, which is all about risk and, and consultation and, and providing services to company to minimize and protect their assets. Uh, what was the thing behind kind of splitting those two things up? It's more the type of client and the needs of the client. So uh, a contractor or a manufacturer or a real estate owner, they typically want – you to be present uh, physically and we need to go see job sites and we need to go see manufacturing facilities and we need to go inspect real estate. And if there are claims, the claims are typically have some type of physical loss. So there's a need to go be there and advocate for the client if they've had a fire or lightning or water damage or something of that nature. So the needs of that group are much more, um, I would say physically based, which is why that's a regional practice typically uh, right. versus the tech side where a lot of our clients we've never met in person and they don't need to see us in person and the claims don't have anything to do with a loss of property. It's, it's a cyber theft. So our clients, if they're in Los Angeles or New York or San Francisco, they don't you know, necessarily need to see us. They don't own buildings. They don't own physical manufacturing processes. Uh, so it's more the way that we interact with our clients and and the way that we need to be there for them to support them. Yeah, I, and I, if I could chime in a little too, I, I yeah. think it's just a lot. It, it helps the teams uh, function, I guess, more productively. You know, as Travis mentioned, the tech side is is a lot faster. It's a lot, a lot of it's done digitally. And uh, so those people on that team need to be ready to, you know, respond at any hour of the night, you know, over the weekend, et cetera. Whereas the middle market folks are mainly dealing with Kansas city companies. So it's just kind of a different, um, a different response period for each client um, and on each team. And I think by having the team segregated, uh, you get a better client experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell us about your guys' team. Um, we, you might have three senior level leaders on the, the call right now, but w- what's the growth been like as far as your uh, your actual associate base and, and, and office base? I know you guys have offices in a couple cities or services. 
that scan the uh, that scan the globe. But tell us about your actual team that you have set up uh, in in the Kansas City region. Nathan, you want to take that one? Yeah, sure. So, you know, altogether we have about 25 people. Uh, all of our team is in Kansas City, but we're all set up for remote work as needed. So, it, we're fortunate uh, as the as the stay home uh, requests and orders have come through, our, our team's been able to, to manage pretty well and continue to take great care of our, our clients. But, you know, we've been really focusing these last year and a half, two years on how do we make sure that we've got duplicity and redundancy on our team? How are we we're continuing to hire really bright people, and I think we are. I think we've got a fantastic team. But are we making sure that those core functions as well uh, are are covered? And, it, you know, one person's out of town, there's someone else that also has that expertise. So we brought on a, a, an attorney. She practiced for, for many years. Uh, she was at another agency for a while. She has a strong cyber background, mm-hmm. and she's come on as an additional expert uh, who can also bring the legal side to these discussions uh, but help our clients with cyber and legal related questions. Um, we've done the same thing when it comes to folks with construction background. Uh, we had a guy who uh, on our team who's leading our, our mid enterprise group that has a comes from a construction family, spent many years in that space before moving to insurance as well. And so it's it's really been about are we bringing people on that can relate to our clients and the questions they have, and making sure we've got the folks that can that can give a quick answer. Given our current situation right now in uh, the United States and throughout the globe, uh, let's talk about how that's kind of changed your guys' business. Uh, it's changed a lot, of course, but you guys deal in risk. Um, how has it changed? Uh, what types of questions are you getting from your clients? And is there any good advice that you can share with those listening about kind of what they should be doing at this time of kind of uncertainty, I guess, with the COVID-19 going on in this area and in the United States? Yeah, I can take that one. Our, for our immediate team, we really haven't seen uh, any disruption um, other than trying to make sure that everybody is staying, uh, staying mentally fit and, and not struggling with isolation. Um, but we, you know, I, I kind of felt that we had grown up oh, a year or two ago when we were on Slack and we realized that we had people in all four time zones on the same day. And so our team is typically traveling, whether it's to speak at a conference, meet with clients, um, attend conferences, you know, we're, we're always out of the office. And so we've been set up since we started the company in 2011 to be fully remote. Uh, so as far as our day-to-day workflow, there's been very little disruption. Our clients are the exact opposite. Um, our technology clients have been interrupted the least uh, our hospitality and retail clients have been impacted the most. And most of the discussion is around business interruption uh, and how to properly address the business interruption as a result of some of the uh, lockdown or, or shutdown orders that the states have implemented or recommended uh, as a result of the quarantine. So we're answering those questions frequently. Those questions are uh, the answers, excuse me, are changing on a daily basis. Um, the insurance carriers do not intend to cover uh, coronavirus claims. They actually passed specific virus exclusions in 2006 that the regulators all approved. Uh, and most business interruption policies require direct physical loss or damage. So the carrier stance has been we're not going to cover these claims. 
Uh, there have been a lot of lawyers who have been outspoken, and I think correctly so, that the policy wording might not, might not be as tight as the carriers think it is. And so from a, from a quick initial reaction to uh, the secondary reaction being, you probably need to file a claim if you've had business interruption, you need to get in line, you need to get a declination from a carrier, because that would be the basis for any kind of lawsuit. Practically speaking, if all the insureds do that, the insureds are going to overload the carriers with lawsuits. The carriers are going to have to settle or they're going to have to defend those lawsuits all the way to a jury trial or a judge trial, which gets more expensive a lot of times than just settling. So it's going to be overwhelming for the insurance carriers. I think the stimulus package, the phase three CARES Act, is, is effectively attempting to uh, recreate business interruption coverage by providing eight weeks worth of an easy to get loan to cover your f- fixed expenses. So mm-hmm. while it's 250% of, of the payroll figure, they're forgiving eight weeks worth of expenses for payroll, rent, utilities, uh, and things like that, as long as you continue to pay your people. So that's effectively a way uh, $350 billion worth for the government to say, we're going to plug this business interruption hole. Travis, that's great information. Uh, we're going to come right back and continue on that point. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us again today. I appreciate you being here for the show, and I hope you're uh, staying healthy and staying well at home. Um, great show today. I want to thank Jeff Phillips, Travis Holt, Nathan Kurtz, and Stephen Bowen uh, for coming on. Jeff uh, is with Landmark National Bank. Uh, he's going to carry carry on the conversation here. Bring back the three uh, leaders from Brush Creek Partners. Jeff, take it away. Well, yeah, uh, thanks. I I think uh, one of the things that I've been most impressed with uh, is how uh, these guys, you know, a lot of time entrepreneurs can feel lonely and you uh, can I'm go to I'm feeling pretty lonely of- right now under the stay at home <laughs> order, but there you go. You can, I mean, you can go to all sorts of different, you know, uh, networking events or entrepreneurial uh, focused uh, organizations and hear other people um, kind of talk about the challenges they're going through. But uh, I think these guys have done a great job of putting together a group of people around them that can serve in a capacity of mentorship, uh, a formal um, board type uh, role, or as an equity investor that's not just uh, writing a check, but is also engaged in the business. And I'd be really interested for us to hear kind of the logic uh, as to how that came about or if it was just a happenstance and and really kind of how they've leveraged that to grow the business. Yeah, Stephen, why don't you take that one? That's a good question. 
Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, it actually coincided with when I, uh, when I joined uh, to kind of formalize the uh, board relationship and we were fortunate to have some, some really good family friends, uh, people we, you know, kind of interacted with in the past. Uh, and when we extended the invitation, they were all very much on board, you know, and we, at the same time, we were excited. We didn't know what to expect, but what we found is, you know, through a di- diverse group, different backgrounds, ironically, none of which are insurance. Uh, we've learned more in our board meetings and kind of sit downs and, and, you know, in, in really kind of undressing our company, for lack of a better term, uh, about how to run a business, how to grow, how to treat your people, how to handle HR, how to raise money, Um and I mean, every success that we have, I mean, you can point directly to advice or a conversation with our board um, as the catalyst for us making the change. I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, Travis and I always joke that we're just salespeople um, and really are kind of winging running a business. Not anymore now that we have Nathan, but the board has kind of helped us bridge uh that gap between, you know, running a successful organization at the same time having your two leaders be in charge of, you know, ringing the sales bell. And uh, it's the smartest thing we've ever done. How big was the board that you all have? We have uh, four people on our board. Uh, So there's, there's three people that are, I guess, outside. um, And then we have the three of us. So three external and Nathan, Travis, and I. Mm-hmm. And, and Nathan, um, when you came on, that also was a big pivot point too, right? That really helped the company. Yeah, you can you know, brag on yourself a little bit if you want, Nathan. <laughs> I'll just say that uh, you know every business has growth curves, and you know we learned from really one of our board members, Paul Bertrand, a Tarsus CFO, about hey, there's inflection points when companies hit two million and ten million. It's not always those values, but Brush Creek was was coming up on an inflection point, and it got to the point of, hey, like it's time to just step up that next level of uh, leadership inside. And you know, it's it's one of those you figure at some point, hey, this business might outgrow my role. I might need to bring other people in that would take this to the level beyond that. We never know, but it's it's a great chance for me to uh, to continue to learn on, on my skills and work with some really outstanding people across the organization. Mm-hmm. So. Jeff, if, we, if you may, I, I want to ask them about the future here with about four minutes left in the show. Um, obviously, there's a lot of crises going on throughout the country right now, and there's a lot of risk, and there's a lot of potential changes in your industry as far as, um, it, well, the, the brick-and-mortar insurance, but also potentially uh, with cyber. Um, what's the future look like uh, once we kind of weather this COVID-19 storm for uh, Brush Creek Partners, and what what does your vision look like for the future? Travis, you want to start there? Yeah, I would take it two different directions. I think, generally speaking, uh, business is going to be a lot more driven by technology. People are going to look to see where they really need to have face-to-face interaction, and there was a piece on CNBC this morning, and they talked about how just probably two months ago, people thought that the suggestion of a virtual meeting was was a sign that the meeting wasn't very important. And that, well, I don't want to take the time to meet you face to face. So let's just get on Zoom and talk for a half hour and let's do a call. That's, that's going to change. People are going to realize that there is a, a significant place for virtual meetings or Zoom calls. And it doesn't mean anything about the importance of the meeting. So 
as technology continues to drive companies of all shapes and sizes, that cyber risk is going to continue to be an important decision point uh, for all organizations. So we see that phase of the business continuing to grow rapidly um, and grow like a hockey stick. Um, we're at that point of the curve. On the on the middle market uh, on the middle market side, there's been a lot of consolidation in our industry. Right, I've there seen are that. Very, there are very few uh, independently owned, locally owned agencies anymore. They've all sold to large national private equity roll-ups. And, and when that happens, the uh, individual client service becomes less important. It's more about driving quarterly numbers and driving growth. So we think there will be a lot of opportunities around the region uh, as a result of consolidation that will allow us to continue to provide that high-touch uh, client service to middle market businesses across all industries. Mm-hmm. Steven? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, the the sky's the limit for us. Um, I just kind of echo what Travis said. I, we don't see any businesses that aren't going to be tech-driven, whether it's a construction company that has, you know, driverless, you know, construction equipment. Um, you know, v- companies are very much especially from Corona going to be uh, moving more towards uh, technology focused. And the fact that we know how to, uh, I guess, manage all un- that, right? Underwrite and manage that business um, puts us in a really good position. So we're, we're excited. And Jeff, I'm sure you're there to help these guys uh, along the way if they need more of a, more info of cash, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of the goal, right? Is to, uh, is to be there, uh, as they continue to grow, then then our relationship grows, and I I think they've done a, a good job of really um, forecasting those things too. You know, it, it's um, much easier to be involved in a business's growth uh, whenever the uh, executive team is able to sit in front of you and say, "Here's where we think we are going to be six months from now and a year from now, and here's how we plan to get there." It really kind of puts you in a position to be helpful. And mm-hmm. as as Jeff can attest, we're never afraid to ask. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, I want to thank uh, the guys from uh, Brush Creek Partners, uh, Travis Holt, Nathan Kurtz, Stephen Bowen, for coming on the show. Um, they've got a great company. You should check it out. BrushKC.com is their website. Uh, they're also all over social media as well. Brush Creek Risk on Twitter. Uh, and I want to thank Jeff Phillips for setting up this show today. Uh, again, he's with Landmark National Bank, Senior Vice President. Their website is uh, banklandmark.com. Thanks, everyone, for jumping on the phone today on the Zoom, and uh, congrats on all your success. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, guys. We'll see you again next week on the Grill Nation Show. Thank you for joining us, and have a good one. Take care.